You know, it really isn't that hard. Being kind and respectful to those who do for you is honestly one of the easiest things we can do as human beings. Life is fundamentally a cooperative journey. No one person can do it all. So at the very least, you should be appreciative and grateful to those who help you. You should also be considerate to the fact that they didn't have to. Welcome back to the Shatter and Breathe Podcast, Episode 9. I am Sean, and I wholeheartedly want to thank you for being here. This week is all about gratitude and consideration, two deep roots of mine that I not only take with me everywhere I go, but something I absolutely look down upon when I see it not being present. If you do something for me, I'm grateful. If you held a door open for me, tap me on the shoulder because somebody was trying to get my attention and I didn't hear them. If you're working at a restaurant and you bring me my food and my drinks, if you do something for me, I will be grateful and I will thank you. It's just how I am. It's how I personally feel it should be. I hate when I see people take things for granted without a second thought. Now, I'm not like the gratitude police where I'll be actively going out of my way and tell somebody to say thank you like they're my child. I just find it to be rude if you don't. Now, that being said, there's layers to it. There's different ways to show gratitude. I'm not blind to the fact that some people show appreciation in their own way, like affection or vulnerability. I'd imagine it's a safe bet that we all know somebody who won't say I love you, but will ask if you ate today, if you've done a hobby you like that day, if you're feeling alright. Little things like that, because I understand for some people, saying the words can be unnatural to them. I don't understand why from any experience, because that's just not how I am. But I'm not discounting that or dismissing it either, because those who love each other un understand each other's love language. It's the same with people and the way they say thank you. Maybe when somebody does something, they give them a little tap on the elbow, the hand, the shoulder, just something that says thank you without having to say it. You can usually tell when you can usually tell when the appreciation is there and when it's not, even when it's not verbal. It just doesn't seem hard to tell when there is appreciation and when they're taking you for granted. It's something that just bothers me. How hard is it to say thank you? How hard is it to say you appreciate that? It's not. It only becomes difficult when you're not outside of yourself. If you're thinking of yourself, then you're not going to think to say thank you because you're not thinking of them at all in that instance. You're thinking of yourself. You're thinking of your benefits, your convenience, and your intake. Then whenever it's a constant occurrence, something that somebody just routinely does for you, and a day comes where they don't, maybe they forgot, maybe they're not feeling well, or they're just busy with something else, then those who are unappreciative finally think about them. That's when all of a sudden they're out of the little self-soothing bubble and think about somebody else and that's where it really gets telling. Now you get to see how they're going to address it. Are they going to ask you politely about it? Are they going to just do whatever it is themselves? Are they going to be hostile about it? 
Are they finally going to say thank you for the fact you normally do it? Are they going to talk to you as if you're just supposed to do it? Are they going to just let it go? Have it not be done at all and just ignore you and expect it the next day? There are some people in the world that just expect things. You can wonder and consider the possibilities of why. I always find that a good route to go. Whenever there's something that bothers you or you disagree with, ask yourself why it bothers you and and why may what bothers you be that way to begin with. Could it be just as innocent as routine? If it was, then they would show appreciation and humility when that routine is changed. If they don't do well with change, but they're a gracious person, then they may be a bit bothered, but they wouldn't be hostile about it. Could they feel as if when somebody stops doing something that it could be personal? If so, and they were too cons if so, and they were considerate about the person, then they would ask them why they may not have done it this time, or ask if everything's okay. To interject some personal traits, if I were to feel like something was off, for example, my friends Court and Kelsey always share my podcast out. Every week, they're supporting it, sharing it, and helping push it. If one week I'd see them not doing that, my reaction is layered. I'll, I'll break down the stages as best I can for you. First though, I'm somebody who does strongly struggle with change. I hate that I'm like that, but I am. If something's off or different, then my mentality will sometimes struggle to process everything. My first subconscious reaction is my anxiety and depression getting attached to my curiosity. So honestly, if something like that would happen, I wonder or think to myself if maybe this week wasn't good. Maybe they just didn't like this week. Maybe they think it just flat out sucked. Maybe they're getting bored with it. Then it starts branching out even more. Maybe the podcast was good at first, but now I'm getting bad at it. Maybe I'm getting off track with what I was wanting it to be. Maybe I did something to upset them, and they don't want to even acknowledge it. And that can go on and on because my mind just starts to go into overanalyze mode. And then if I don't work out my rationalization or if I need to ground myself and can't, I'll fall into a depressive state. I'm thankful for the fact though that through all that, the sprouting path that starts shooting out inside my mind like the lines of shattered glass, the last thing that enters my mind, if, if it does at all, is me being upset with them, or feel as if they should have done it and since they didn't, have some hostility towards them. I don't feel like they've done something wrong, or they've betrayed me somehow. I don't have that entitlement. I don't have that feeling of them owing me that. Just because it's something that does happen every time, to where it's like almost expected to see them react to it and share it each week, they don't have to. They're not obligated to do it. They just do it because they want to and they happen to see it. It's genuine and I'm so thankful that it's not embroidered in my mind with negative tarnish. It makes me think of something else that actually bothers me some. 
I like to be transparent with you guys. It's part of the therapy aspect this podcast brings me. So if anybody listening to this part of who I'm talking about, please don't take it personally. If you're listening and you're one of the people who may be in this group of who I'm speaking of, then that clearly shows me that what my mind tries to what my mind tries to convince me of isn't true. For all of you who have been with me through the start of this, you know I don't like to generalize or project somebody else's feelings while passing them off as fact. I'm just speaking through my truth and venting the thoughts out. Before I launched this podcast, I was struggling with pulling the trigger on it. I've wanted to do a podcast for years even before I launched my Shatter and Breathe brand, which was way before this podcast was even conceptualized. And it was only for my designs that are on the shop. And yes, this is an unintentional cheap plug. I'm sorry, but I'm not. Go check out the shop. You can find it at the top of the link tree. Anyway, back on topic. It's been something that I've wanted to try and get into, but I never had the... I never could because I never had the confidence or believed in myself enough to make it happen. It's part of the reason why I was so excited to do the 490 podcast with Cody, Matt, and Dom from December 2019 to April 2020. When that sort of burnt out, it was saddening because I did enjoy doing it until things went wonky. All four of us had a part in why it didn't work out, but it was an experience. It made me miss it, though. Not only the podcast itself, but podcasting in general, because like I said, I wanted to do it for years, but this was the first time, this was the first I had a taste of it. And so once it ended, I was still hungry. 18 months later, the Shatner Breathe podcast was born. And that's that was a big leap, because not only is this all done by me, I'm the only one talking, I produce everything, I promote everything, I edit everything, I write everything. I'm loving it though. I do hate editing sometimes because my computer just isn't powerful enough sometimes, but I love pumping the blood through this podcast. Before I finally had the nerve to launch this though, I made a post on Facebook. Real quick also, shout out to Court, both Kelsey's. Matt, Dom, Mikey, and anybody else who pushed me to not give up in doing so. You guys really helped make this happen. So I made a post on Facebook asking my friends list a question. I asked if I were to start a podcast, how many would be interested? There were 25 people who said they would, and only 10 of those people followed my page to this day. Right now I have 42 followers on Shatter and Breathe's Facebook page, and I'm so thankful for each and every one of them. I can't help but feel a little upset, though, that not all 25 of those people did. I gave it a couple days after my first episode launched and sent out invites to all 25 so they know it was out. I waited a few more days and then made a whole new post, tagging all 25 who were not already following the page and put the page link in the post for them to find it. Still 10 out of 25 are following that page today. Nobody unfollowed it. There's nothing like that. 15 just never followed. Now I'm going to be absolutely clear, they don't have to. 
They're not obligated to. I'm not upset with them that they didn't. It's not even one of those I'm not mad, I'm disappointed moments because they didn't promise me or guarantee me that they would. They never signed a dotted line or made a pinky promise to do it. I just felt a little let down because they showed interest and played a part in me going through with it but then didn't seem to pay it any mind. So I didn't get upset but I got a little sad. I'm still sad about it because it's been four months since that post and there's still 15 that haven't joined the journey past that point. I'm still thankful they were part of that initial point though because look, look where we are. We're nine episodes in and I have many more planned and that's not even touched that's not even touching beyond what I'm already planning past that. So I'm still very much appreciative of them for that. I'm just being honest with you guys. Things like that can bring you sorrow. I don't feel entitled though. I don't demand that they do it now. I'm not gonna get an attitude with them because of it. I would just I would just love to see them come back into the realm with me. All of us here. Now all that being said, that's all mental space and uncertainty. For all I know, some of them 15 could be listening to this right now. They could have been with me the entire time, but maybe they don't interact on Facebook much. That is so very possible, and if that's you, I appreciate you so much and I'm so glad you're here. I have to say it though. Please go like the Facebook page. Please go like the Facebook page so I know you're there. The more we grow, the more we grow. There's a major difference between change in voluntary or interested involvement and committed involvement. Voluntary involvement being when you're supportive and encouraging somebody or something. As I do all this myself, all of my friends and family who support this fall under that category. They're not obligated to do anything. They do it because they want to. They do it because they're interested. They like what I'm doing. They support my interest in it and believe in me. The same with you who are listening right now. Whether you've been here since episode one, maybe only a few episodes in, or this is your first time listening. You're here because you want to be. There's trillions of hours of media you could be listening to right now, probably more. And you're giving me your time, and that means so much to me. And I thank you with all my heart. You're not obligated to come back and listen next week. I won't be mad at you if you don't. You'll listen to it if you want to. If you have time to. And if you don't have the time or the interest, that's perfectly okay and I fully respect it. Committed involvement is completely different. Committed involvement is when you tell me you're going to do something to the point where I can count on it. You tell me you're going to do A, B, and C with enough certainty that I now plan for A, B, and C to happen. If it doesn't happen, then yes, I'm completely in the right to be upset about it. I conduct myself with the principle of I won't promise you anything I can't come through on. If I'm not certain that I can do something, I'm not going to commit to it and I'll be open about it. 
The only times I may not fulfill a promise I made is if somehow things out of my control happen. Be it health, safety, or anything like that beyond my control. But again, I'll be open about it. It's very inconsiderate, however, to promise something or commit to something that you have no idea if it will even happen or not. Or if you'll even be able to fulfill it. Now, yeah, things do happen. I'm surely not perfect, and I've let people down before, but I try to learn from it. That very thing is why I conduct myself the way I do now, so I don't just carelessly break promises or ignore commitments. If I do end up not being able to do something I said I'd do, I'll feel horrible about it. I know sometimes we don't like upsetting people or telling somebody something that they don't want to hear. Especially when it's the people we care about. Some people just want to say yes to everything. They want to always help and don't want to ever let somebody down or seem like they don't want to do something. I get that. But it's also important to realize that you can't do everything all the time. You can't ignore your current to-do list just to add more because you're pacing yourself with an expectation that you're simultaneously crushing into impossible achievement. It can get to be such a problem that you're hurting your credibility by trying to be super credible. Think of it like this. Say it's Saturday. On Sunday, you have church in the morning. You have a lunch date afterwards. You said you'd watch a game with friends after that. You have Sunday dinner at 6, and then later that night, you had told a friend that you'd give them a call around 10.30 after they get home from work about an event they needed help with in a few weeks. So a full day of things you've committed to and are happy to do. You're even excited about it and looking forward to it. It's Saturday, though, and so you're doing some shopping. At the store, somebody you know sees you, and you start talking. They tell you they have a smoker that needs to be moved and ask for your help tomorrow. You say that you have a busy day, but sure, you'll find some time. Admirable. I give you all the credit in the world if you can make that happen. So you're on your way home. Somebody from your church calls you. They say that after the service tomorrow, the church has offered to host some sort of get-together, and they're going to need your help. For the sake of the example, you don't want to say no to the person or your church, so you say sure, you'll help out for a quote-unquote little while. Now, your lunch date is going to be affected because a little while never stays little. So you're either going to cut the lunch date short, or it'll go later, which will push into time with your friends watching the game. That's if you get done at the church in time to even be able to keep the lunch date at all. Those are basically the top three options at that scenario. Back to the day though. You get home. You're relaxing. Vibing out. Maybe working out. Who knows? It's your day off. Maybe you're just doing whatever you want. Your neighbor knocks on your door. You answer. And they tell you that they have to go into work tomorrow but have a big package coming and asks if you'd take it in. 
and they give you an estimated time between 2 and 3 that it'll be arriving at. I at least I at least think they're still doing deliveries on Sundays, so it works. You know you have a game to watch with your friends at that time, but you don't want to say no or seem like a bad neighbor. So you say yes. So now you can either sacrifice that hour with your friends and go home from 2 to 3 to get the package for them, or you can say to yourself, I'm sure nobody will take it, and just don't leave and risk it being stolen. You can just go home after your lunch date, if you even still had it, but now if it started late, it's going to get shorter anyway because you have to be home by 2. You get home, and then don't get to your friends until maybe 3.30, Twitch will still have about 2 hours of scheduled time with them, but would have had 3 or 4 hours of casual time originally. Only two because you have Sunday dinner at six. Alright, now keeping all that in mind, all these old plans and now new plans. So, you go to sleep Saturday night. You wake up Sunday morning and manage somehow to pull everything off. But at the cost of quality interaction. You spent all night tossing and turning because you went to sleep trying to figure out how to manage everything the next day. You're tired in church. Service ends at 10.30. You're there till 12.30 helping out. You leave there, get a lunch in your church clothes. You're exhausted and maybe a little irritable and have about an hour to eat and talk before you have to leave and make it home before or at 2. The package ends up not getting there until 3.45, so now you're even later and don't get to your friends until a quarter after 4. So you now have an hour and 15 minutes with your friends watching a game where most of the game is probably over, which will probably add to your irritability. You finally get to family dinner on time, too. You're finally feeling relieved because you got everything done and now you can relax with your family and then go home call your friend and then have a good night's rest. You're with your family until 8.30 or so. It's no problem because you're caught up, but now you're getting ready to leave and one of your family members asks if you could take them home because their partner was supposed to get off work and pick them up, but they had to work over and they live an hour away. So you say sure. You're so tired at this point, you forgot about the phone call and you take them home. You look at the time and it's like 9.40 when you drop them off and then remember to call your friend. It's an hour drive back more or less so you say I'll just call them now and talk on the way home. You call, they don't answer. Why? It's hard to say. Could be anything on their end. Oh but wait, they're still at work because they're not going to get home until 10.30. So you have to call them when you get home anyway. Works out right? Well, sure, but there's a high chance you'll either fall asleep as soon as you get home, or you'll call them but be so tired that you don't retain any information they told you. If that's the case, you may even agree to do something and have no recollection of it the next day, risking not being there for that person. Also, what about that package from earlier? If they haven't got a hold of you, they're either going to have to assume you got it, think it got stolen because they couldn't get a hold of you or wake you up by knocking on the door or maybe knocking while you're on the phone with your friend 
Also, you seem to have forgotten about that smoker you offered to help with. They're going to think you just ghosted them and forgot about them, which you did. Is that a heavy example? Absolutely. Is it possible, though? Absolutely. Could it be even worse? Absolutely. And yeah, it's very possible that you could do all that successfully. Even so, if you keep that nature, it will wear you down to where you can't anymore. I've seen it. Not that specific situation, but I've seen people box themselves into corners where it does more harm than good. You're stretching yourself so thin by trying to please everyone that you end up essentially giving less of yourself to people, which is harmful for your own self-value as well. You need to understand that you can't say yes to everyone or everything. Sometimes you're going to have to say no, even to people you love and care about. As long as, long as you're open with them about it all, if they're really your people, they will understand. It also will add to your personal value as a human being. It sets the standard for people to know that you may not be able to help now, but they know for a fact that when you say you can, you will. I've had multiple people express to me that they appreciate the fact that I can tell them no honestly, rather than give them an uncertain yes. That sort of impression is something I'm proud that I give off. All that ties heavy on both ends to consideration. Saying yes all the time may seem like you're being extra considerate, but you're not considering those you've already said yes to. You're dumping buckets out of a sinking ship, taking away from the task of patching the holes in the floor. Take a breath. Understand who you are as a person, and then be willing to put more integrity into your time and ability over your availability. If you run yourself into the ground, you won't be there for anyone. So take care of yourself in that aspect of your life, as well as other aspects. Also, on the other side of it, if somebody tells you they can't do something, accept it. Don't be making up hypotheticals or going on a guilt trip. It's not mature and it's honestly gross. I've seen it so often. Somebody wants a favor and the person says no. All of a sudden it's a paragraph of a Facebook post talking about how nobody helps them or they start talking about how everyone... They start talking about everyone that person has helped but won't help them. I'm not going to act as if there aren't people out there who will make every excuse in the book not to help somebody. The exact opposite of the type of person I just talked about. They very much exist, but the way you deal with those people is analyzing them. You have to know the people you interact with, at least if you're on a basis of being willing to ask each other for favors. Know who you're involved with. Pay attention to how they are with you. If they always have an excuse or some reason to not do something, then store that information to where you no longer ask them for anything. If they can't just be honest with you, then something is off and you shouldn't sacrifice your peace of mind and keep feeling foolish for somebody who doesn't even want to consider helping you with something. 
If it's a pattern, it's a design, so recognize the photo they've been developing right in front of you. Being real though, if they do help you and do a lot for you, but for some reason they can't help you this time, get over yourself and respect it. Don't just treat it as if you're being ignored or that you can't count on them. That does nothing but make it clear to others that you're probably not worth helping if you view it as some sort of bond currency. I don't really mean to come off harsh either, but if what I'm saying resonates to where you feel like I'm talking about you, then please ask yourself why that is. That's what this is for, realizing and understanding ourselves. Why do you instantly go into hostile mode? What led you to feeling that way? Say somebody asks for a favor. The person can't do it. Now it's, they probably just don't want to, or I'm done asking them for anything. Completely disregarding the fact that they have their own life outside of you. You bring that up and they say, no, you didn't do this or that or that, and maybe they can list three examples, but won't mention the 300 other things they have helped you with. And yeah, I've had that happen before, where somebody who I know is reliable and has made an excuse for something, when it really was just them not wanting to do it. I'll just ask them to be up front. Just ask them, what, what's going on? Is everything okay? Maybe something is happening and they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but being honest about it will do a lot more good than harm. To be fair, maybe they just didn't want to do it. That's their choice. Unless they said for a fact, committed themselves to doing it, then they have no obligation to do it. It's important to always be clear though in those instances. If being honest ever becomes a problem for somebody, then that somebody may not be as good for you as you think. When you're being honest, you're being yourself. If somebody has a problem with you being yourself, then what are you even doing with them? Be the type of person who can be honest to those who seek your help, but also be the type of person that somebody can be honest with. This world revolves around nobody, not me or you. People have their own lives and their own duties. They have their own schedules and that's why it's valuable and important to keep your time as well as the time of those who you interact with considered. I also want to mention to be mindful of those you ask for help and don't start to expect them to always have the time. For example, I like being the person you can go to if you need to talk. I want you to know you can come to me if you need me, but whether it's me or somebody else, try not to take advantage of that. And there is a line where it becomes you taking advantage. I don't mind when you're messaging me at 3am because you had a nightmare or got bad news or the depression is overwhelming you. Please do. I would rather you talk to me than suffer alone. Just don't expect to message me every single night and assume I'll be able to talk. And I don't mean to just turn off your depression. We can't do that. I'm not saying that if something bad happens on Tuesday and somehow something bad happens on Wednesday, you can't message me both nights. 
what I'm saying is don't don't apply me to some schedule of yours without my consent and then get upset when I don't meet this one-sided expectation. It's important to have people there for you to help you get out of your head and let you vent, but it's also important to not turn care and love into requirement. A big focus of mine when it comes to gratitude and consideration is the relationship structure when you're in a relationship, especially when you live together, it really becomes a factor. It's it's why they say you don't really know somebody until you live with them, and that's a very valid understanding. When we see our friends or our family outside of the household, we're prepped, we're ready for the day, but at home, we all know what we are at home. A lot of us are barely even people at home sometimes. So when you move in with somebody, you find out who their core is. You see them at their most vulnerable, and you see them for how they are, and it also naturally becomes apparent on how considerate and helpful one another is. You see it a lot these days, where the traditional gender roles are phasing out, and it's no longer the generational stigma of the woman takes care of the house and the man provides the house. <clears throat> It's a lot more balanced. It's a lot more balanced out these days with how structures are forming where there's a lot of dual income households where both work, both take care of the house, both cook, both clean, and just an overall healthy way of doing it. I love seeing that sort of thing. It makes it a much happier home and it provides both with the support of each other without feeling as if one's not pulling their weight or doesn't care. Consideration is a simple concept of caring and understanding. It's the difference between get dinner ready and what are we making. It's the difference between why aren't the dishes done and just doing the dishes yourself. Unless there was an understanding, of course, if you alternate days on who does the dishes each day. Even so, though, maybe they were having a bad day. The question of why aren't the dishes done isn't a bad question in itself, it relies heavily on how it's asked and how the responses are. Maybe one person gets the mail most of the time, one day they don't get it. Consideration is the difference between verbally saying to that person, I'd like to read the mail today, and just going to get the mail yourself. Personally, I feel anybody who has that sort of attitude, if you'd like to read the mail that bad, then take your miserable ass to the mailbox yourself. That's the sort of person who strongly lacks both gratitude and consideration. That's not even saying that person is a bad person. I've known some really great people who just have this unfortunate sense of gross entitlement. Why they're like that, I have no idea. But I find it extremely important not to enable those behaviors. One thing that's hard to witness is when somebody does everything and anything for somebody, only to be taken for granted, as was a point I started this episode off with. The unfortunate side effect of givers is they're just really wanting to do for those they care about so they will be more likely to give in, despite how their gifts are received. One way to curb entitlement and disgusting self-servitude is to stop enabling it. If you do something for them every day, 
and the one day you don't, they give you attitude, don't do it again until they make it right. They can either do it themselves or give you the respect you deserve. Don't give in because you feel you should or because you want you don't want to cause an argument. You haven't caused anything. How they react is on them and them only. When little things you do for somebody starts feeling less like kind gestures and more like chores, stop doing them. Either they will start to appreciate what you do, or they can start doing it themselves. They need to understand that they they are above no one, especially not you, who they claim to love and care for. Respect and appreciation is given through gratitude and consideration. A simple thank you, a smile, a nudge, a finger squeeze, something. If you can't genuinely appreciate somebody for what they do for you, then you don't deserve a damn thing. It's also like that when it comes to cooking or cleaning or anything that requires action. My philosophy is if I'm not the one doing it, I'm not going to be telling you how to. It's all about how you word it too. When it comes to dinner, the meal gets cooked and everyone sits down to eat. The person who didn't cook doesn't love how it's made. Nothing wrong with that. Taste is taste and you're just being honest. It's how it's handled. If you say, hey, do this next time, then by all means do it yourself if you think you can do better. If you say, do you think maybe next time you could try this? And that's a respectable way to ask. Perhaps they have a dynamic of one always cooks and the other always does something else. That's fine as long as everyone is grateful to each other and it's understood. In that case, then, a question like that is fine if asked with gratitude. Or the third option that I'll give you, you could offer to make it next time and try it your way or even make it together and figure out the best recipe for you both to enjoy it. You know, it's not that difficult. Don't bark orders if you're too lazy to wag your tail. Don't like the way somebody cleans something? Clean it yourself. Don't like how, how long it takes for something to get done? Do it yourself. If this is something that happens all the time, you're way past the point of where you probably should have that conversation about this. Now I get that it can't always be so cut and dry. There's situations situational things where you may feel crippled by circumstances. Maybe they're the sole income earner and you feel as if if you don't do all this for them it will strain the relationship and you may not have anywhere to go. Maybe you have maybe you two have kids and you're convinced yourself that you need to make it work for them. Maybe it's gone on for so long that at this point you realize what's happening but you feel it's too late. It's too late to change it. Well, no, also no, and no. Even if it takes time, even if it takes planning, you are never too late to do better for yourself. If it's that you have kids, you owe it to your kids to let them see good examples of how people should treat each other. Not that it's okay to be poorly treated like a servant in a relationship. And if you feel as if you're stuck but you're fed up, you plan your next move and you believe in yourself. You love yourself enough to make it when you're able to. 
I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I have all the answers, but I want you to care enough about yourself that you search and find them. To pivot into another area, we all have pet peeves, right? We all have things that really get under our skin. Some of us have more than others. And I am talking about myself. <laughs> I do have a lot of pet peeves, but hey, I'm me. What can you do? Well, one of them, one of mine, that is, is when somebody volunteers me for something or assumes that I'll be okay with something before even asking me. Now, it's not so bad to assume I'll be okay with something, but when they make the decision for me and treat an assumption as fact, that's where it gets to be problematic. Never volunteer me for anything, ever. I don't care what it is or who it's for. One of my flaws is that I can be very petty and spiteful. I believe it to be warranted though, and I'm not that way about serious matters, but I am very serious when it comes to being volunteered for something. If you do volunteer me for something without even considering the fact that I might be doing something else at this moment in time, or I just don't want to do it, if you have the gall to volunteer or speak for me without my consent to do so, there's a 95% chance I'm not going to do it, even if I wanted to. That kind of thing just bothers me so much. I don't know how a person can find it in themselves to feel as if they could do with my time what they please. But I know for a fact that I will clear that ignorance up very quickly so they never make that mistake again. What makes that thing even worse is when they have the audacity to get upset because I refuse to do it. Like, really think of the level of arrogance and nerve that takes. To feel as if you could pick and choose what somebody else does because you assume they'd just be okay with it, and then get mad at them for not bowing to your own little self-importance will. That style of thinking is right up there with agreeing on behalf of somebody when you have no right to speak for them. Unless for whatever reason in that specific subject they said you could. Or you have people who don't drive or even have a car agreeing to do something and then just expecting whoever does drive them around to just do it without even asking them first. You may as well go over to somebody's house and eat their food without asking or even caring about if you're eating somebody's meal or snack. Like, consideration is so simple and basic, and it just infuriates me that there's people who can't even apply it or just choose not to. I'd just like to see more gratitude and consideration in the world. Just be grateful for the things and people in life that do for you. Consider other people, not just yourself. Say thank you or do something to show that you're thankful. And I might as well talk about the opposite, too. Sometimes I worry that I say thank you too much. Especially at a restaurant. You know, sometimes the person who waits on you is on the ball and is constantly doing something. And so I try to distribute my thank yous in a way where I'm not just saying it over and over again. When they bring my food, they get a verbal thank you. If I see them coming back to the table, they're probably asking if the food's good. I'll take a bite and just do that satisfying grunt thing. You know what I'm talking about. 
Or if I'm not chewing, I'll hit him with a straight answer. An enthusiastic absolutely or wonderful. If the foods are really good, you already know I'm about to hit him with that chef's kiss. I'm just saying though, it's, it's really not hard to show some appreciation. Let people know that you care, let, that you appreciate what they do. Do for them as well without them having to ask because most of the time, people like that, they're not going to ask even if they need help. There's the commonly heard exchange between a couple where somebody might be struggling with doing something and why they're struggling, there's some the person there, somebody is nearby not even offering to help, possibly not even acknowledging the person. So the one doing something and struggling gets mad they're not helping. The person who's doing nothing responds to them that they didn't ask for help. Honestly, how sickening is that attitude? How sad is it that they couldn't even be bothered to pay attention to them? Paying attention requires no actual effort other than caring. Really think about that. All they have to do is care. Care. That's it. That is all they need to do. That is all the effort. If, if you can even call it effort. I don't even call caring effort. Caring is just natural. All you have to do is care to pay attention. That is all that is required. That's it. And then those same people wonder why the other person is always upset or in a sour mood. Can you tell it bothers me? <laughs> Can you tell? Oh, I just, I just, oh, you know. Alright, get back on track, Sean. Get back on track. All that being said is, that's something else that comes along with being involved with ungrateful people. It gets to this point sometimes where they're kind of, where they're so fed up with not being appreciated that their fuse slowly, slowly starts to get shorter and shorter to the point where they get mad over little things. Their aggravation is so clouded with the built-up hostility towards their other half that they get an attitude with them. When they're not even being inconsiderate at the time. So now that person has a high level of self-servitude they turn it into them being attacked. If you ever really pay attention, you'll almost always find an example of those who do so little always finding a way to turn an argument into an attack on themselves. It's almost like an art form, but it's disgusting. Then, because those who do for others is always holding it in to the point where they get hostile over little things, have these moments where they lash out for at the time, no reason. And the do-little person falls back on those examples to further try and pin themselves as the better person. It's why it's important to seek inner peace and self-value because when you let a problem go, it's not going to fix itself. The more it goes ignored, the more it's going to cause other things to go wrong and it's only going to get worse. Anybody can tell you that they care, that they love you, that they're sorry that they'll change. A person who really does care though and really does love you 
will actually show it to you. And like I mentioned previously, maybe they have their own unique way of telling you and you'd know your person better than I do. So as long as you know you're appreciated and cared for, you're doing pretty well. And I certainly hope you're able to tell the difference between there's some really ugly people in the world who are wonderful at playing beautiful lies. So if you're listening and you're in a situation where your other half doesn't appreciate you, try to understand what's going on. Is it patterned behavior? Is it occasional? Is it a constant? Have you tried talking to them about it? Were they like this before a big change? Understand the situation, analyze it, and then ask yourself if you're appreciated and be honest with yourself. Please be honest with yourself. If you're not, talk to them about it. And if they won't even listen to you or just ignore the topic or anything like that, you can do better. If they take the time to listen to you, if they're willing to take a long look at themselves and try to figure out where the disconnect is, then I hope you can work things out together because that sounds like two people, two good people going through hard times. If you're in a relationship where you're appreciated and considered and loved endlessly, then I am so happy for you and I pray that love continues and never stops growing because that is beautiful. That's the goal that is so gorgeous to strive for. If you take people for granted, do better for them. If you're taken for granted, do better for you. One key of advice that I could give anybody is the way somebody handles things that are important to you or the way they look at you. Because if they don't if they can't be bothered, if they can't even be bothered to have a healthy adult discussion with you about something that's important, how much do you think they value you as a person? If they can't even be bothered to listen, if they can't even bo- if they can't even be bothered to, God forbid, be in the wrong. No, I, I don't like to generalize, but I will say, nine times out of ten, a person who never seems to be able to admit they're wrong or can't take the fact that they're wrong, nine times out of ten, that person doesn't care about elevating anything other than themselves. So, before we wrap this episode up, what better episode to do this on? Please stay safe, and keep those you love safe. If you're sick, stay home if you can. If you can't, take precautions that you're not gonna take precautions that you're not gonna pass whatever you got onto somebody else. Let your work know, your friends, your family, and do whatever you can in your power to keep an eye on yourself for the next week. I know with the new variant, well it's not so much new now, but I know it's been cut into five days, but if you can help it, why not be extra careful? So please just be considerate to those you love and don't just assume you're fine and it's just a cold when you don't know for sure. I'd like to thank all of you for being here with me once again. Next week is episode 10, which will be our first casual Friday. 
where I just press record and talk to you guys. I'll talk about some ideas I have, how life's been going, how I feel about the podcast so far, and plenty more. I'm sure there'll be plenty more. So I hope you're back for that next week. After that, we'll have episode 11 called It's Okay to Love, where it's similar to episode 7. However, this one we're going to talk more in depth about love itself, the beautiful side of it, and why some may be fearful or even hateful towards it. We'll get into co-parenting, coexisting amongst past lovers, and more, so be waiting for that. Again, be sure to check out the link tree to stick around with us. Like the Facebook page for the most up-to-date information. Check out the shop if you're interested in my designs, especially the one dropping later today, the 28th, in promotion with this week's episode. I appreciate you all being here, giving me your time, and listening. It really means so much, and I truly hope, I truly hope you know that. It really means so much to me. I am so glad you're here. I pray that the rest of your day is as wonderful as you are. This is the Shatter and Breathe Podcast. I'm Sean, and as always, be safe, be thankful, and God bless.